22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. The summer seems to be flying by so fast, and yet it seems like there are less and less things to read. And I think all the summer blockbusters are done, right? Blockbuster comics or movies? Well, either or. I mean, like... You've still got Guardians of the Galaxy coming yeah. out. Yeah, it's yeah, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. I, don't know City. Teen, I don't know if Real I would City. put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a blockbuster. Though. I wouldn't put it as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 38. And the reason I remember that, because that's my age. <laughs> I'm one of the hosts of Cap, here with MFG, the one who's always got something to say, whether it's valuable or not. It's left to be determined. Mike, the finance guy. You went Chewbacca? Yeah, that was all I had. Sounded like retard Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) Really, my throat was just sore. (laughs) (laughs) That's your excuse? Okay. (laughs) And of course, the guy who loves tanks uh, during the zombie apocalypse, Ralph the Tech. I thank you very much. But it oh, <laughs> and one of our oh god wow already so early <laughs> and one of our favorite returning guests we have Troy. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's right. All right. I didn't know Matthew McConaughey was here. Wow. <laughs> Let me take my shirt off. <laughs> you know it's funny. People knock Matthew McConaughey, and I actually like some of the stuff he's done. I like it's, Matthew McConaughey. I like some of the stuff he's done. It's just—it's not him. I don't think he's a bad actor. It's just his movies don't interest me that much. Oh man, what was the um? Not to kill a mockingbird. What was the name of that movie? The the law movie he was in, the first one that gave him like a lot of notoriety. Oh, uh, a time to kill. A time to kill. Love the time to kill. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies. I haven't seen it. You've never seen it. You've never but you've seen, seen Tomcats. Yeah, it's a funny movie. <laughs> For those who listen, don't watch Tomcats, please. <laughs> no, watch Tomcats. It will change your life. I'd like to think that our listeners have never seen Tomcats. That's the quality we get. Oh wait, wait! Not only did we get a drum, a, a drum roll early, but look what we got early. I don't know if anyone actually can really hear those sirens. No, they, they, they the hear them. They'll hear the sirens. <laughs> They'll hear the sirens. But now let's go to something that we always like starting off with. Let's go with the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Kyle. Oh, it's quick news time. You sound more pedophile each time you fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Oh, you're welcome. Got some candy over here if you're listening for it. <laughs> God. So what you got there, Mike? Well, Superman Returns returns. What? Well, uh, sort of. Uh, the Abercrombie and Fitch mannequin known as Brandon Roth will trade in his spit curl for a test tube in the next season of CW's Arrow TV show. Ralph, known for his starring role in one of uh, the most reviled Superman movies in recent memory, will bring his film cred to Arrow and play Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom. What? Yep. No news on when or if Ray Palmer will already possess his micromite or acquire it later in the series. Hints to the Atom's existence in the um, Arrow's mythos was illustrated when Jean Loring, Palmer's estranged wife in the DC Comics, was a defense attorney for Moira Queen during her brief court hearing for her involvement in the deaths of over 500 people living in Star City's The Glades, a.k.a. Minority Central. 
The barrio. <laughs> What's funny is, I mean, the CW ever has the CW ever been questioned about like they always choose super super pretty people to be on their show because with the exception no, of the that, is, that is their that's entire show. The whole net, that's the whole network. I'm like, Dude, holy shit! Didn't they have like Top Model as one of their shows? I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. watch those reality yeah. things, yeah. but um, but probably. I mean, but yeah, their whole. I mean, kind of like there was no one is not pretty. On their yeah, shows. but it's not just Arrow. It's Oh, no, no, show, oh, no, I said their shows. That's what I'm saying. No but, 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 but like, the whole, like yeah, this, like right. this show is like a microcosm of the entire network. So I'm like, okay, the only one who's not super pretty is the guy playing the Flash. But everybody else on that show. Wait, you got to check out his abs. <laughs> he has abs. Whatever, I'll, I'll let you rock, rock with that one. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna let that go. That was too easy. But what I'll say is that, like, I can't see Brandon Roth as Ray Palmer. I it just like Ray Palmer's supposed to be like, you know, smart. Exactly. That's the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for beyond smart, but yeah, we'll go with smart. So, so, so to hear him being, I'm like, is that the choice you want? For? No, yeah. I, I like the fact that they're bringing Ray Palmer into the universe. Right. But I mean, I, maybe they just thought that, you know, it's such a little character and he has such little acting ability that <laughs> <laughs> it was just a good fit. Maybe get the silent role. <laughs> and there's Ray Palmer and he's waving <laughs> you know they're gonna have uh, Firestorm in the Flash right yes uh, oh I hadn't heard that yeah. that'll be fantastic yeah, yeah. and they Robbie, cast they Robbie cast, Amell yeah they cast the guy who's Arrow's cousin yep. wow. the actor who plays uh, Arrow he that's his cousin who's being who's playing uh, Firestorm oh wow okay. that's a pretty he was family. Freddy in the like in the last um, Scooby-Doo movie that came out it was like a TV movie a, a TV movie one? I, I didn't see it. I only saw. I only know Matthew Lillard and, uh, and Freddie Prince Jr. He, he was also on the the Tomorrow People. Oh, another. Head. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, oh. So another Death Knell performer. <laughs> <laughs> he was the lead character in the Tomorrow. People. Even better. <laughs> but before you go to your next thing, Mike, what, didn't you say that Arrow already has somebody that has um, the bad luck thing of every show she's on? Yeah, Summer Glau. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if she'll be back, but uh, you know, for this season. So, so I'm wondering that being that what's his name Amel's um, show died. I wonder if he's bringing Robbie that if, if he's bringing some of that bad luck over to Arrow. Oh, I hope not. Well, he's not an Arrow. He's in the Flash. He's in oh, the, he's oh, in the Flash. Oh, he's in the Flash. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that there might be some sort of crossover because they already had the first episode was leaked online. And what? Yeah. And, and let's not spoil it for those of us that want to see it, have not seen it, and uh, can wait. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph the Tech, A.K. Ralph the Pirate. All I have to say, without giving it away, was All it right. any good? Well, apparently my opinion doesn't count for much, so I thought it was <laughs> Who says that? I never said he that. He does. <laughs> I said you're just super forgiving, that's all. He's highly forgiving. Translation, you mean crap. No. <laughs> I, 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 if we're the X-Men and Magneto goes, I want a way back, you're that motherfucking mutant that'd be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's welcome him back, no problem. <laughs> Got your back, Magneto. So my, my mutant power would be ultimate zen. You see me there floating with my hands and... Together like that, and be like, "Hey, there you go." Oh, no, but how was it? It was good. It was good. Oh, was good. good. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah I, six like, claws, they, good. Huh? Six claws, good. Not six claws, good. You're gonna. It'll be interesting. You'll see. They're doing an interesting take with the the villains, like um, what's his the rogues. All right. Yeah. yeah. They're doing an interesting take with the rogues. Okay. okay. Interesting. All right. Cool. Are they using all of the rogues? Oh, in the first episode, it was only um, Captain Cold. No, Weather Wizard. Weather Wizard. Oh, okay. That's right, because you and, saw him in the preview, yeah. And then you you see, uh, what's this guy's name? Zoom? Professor Zoom? Yeah. Yeah. Or, Ed, what is it? Edward, Edward, Edward Fawn. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a twist in there. Okay. Ah, a All twist. Right. Yes. A twist. Okay. 
<laughs> I gotta find this. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was all over the Facebook about like a good three weeks ago. I know. I didn't see that. Damn. All right. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, ready to hit the button. And I'm like, no, I'll wait till the fall. You should watch it, man. No, I'll watch it in the fall. Okay. I, I, I'm I, very patient that way. <laughs> Someone once gave me a birthday present two months early for my birthday, wrapped in everything. And he, he completely forgot. I thought my birthday was in September. And when he <laughs> came back in November, he's like, it's still on my table. He's like, you didn't open it? I'm like, nope. And he goes, and you didn't like hide it? I'm like, no. I'm very patient. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even say I'm that patient. <laughs> and I work with kids. <laughs> and rich folk. So. Oh, with kids, that's a whole different story. Hey, rich folk and kids are not too different. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so what else you got there, Mike? Well, what's black and white and black and white and black and white and red all over? Well, that's a nun falling down an escalator. Anyhow, um, <laughs> now what's red, white, and blue and black all over? Well, now, that's well, I know Captain America. America. Yeah. That's Captain America. Uh, Marvel Comics has announced that in Rick Remender's and Carlos Pacheco's Captain America number 25, Steve Rogers will pass the shield to his longtime companion, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. And so, with a new Captain America, comes a new title replacing the old. All new Captain America number one, headed by Rick Remender and artist Stuart Immelman from the all-new X-Men Oh, uh, I love Immelman. Will debut in fall 2014. And in a quote from Remender... It's very much a staple of the mainstream superhero books to have the status quo change, but it's also something that my editor, Tom Brevoort, and I talked about sticking with. It's not something that's going to be undone anytime soon if it's ever going to be undone. That's a real possibility here, end quote. So there we go. That could be, you might have a, a black Captain America for quite a while now. Quite a while, meaning two years, and then I'll change it back. Um, it's very possible. I mean, who knows? I mean, but at the same time, uh, if, um, what's the guy's name from the movies? Chris. Oh, um, the, the actor who plays. Um, yeah, what's yeah. his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, whatever his name is. I can't <laughs> think of it right now. Um, you know, if he doesn't come back after this, uh, the end of it, it's like, you know, you have your choice. Are they going to go with Bucky doing it or are they going to go with the comic by that point? Uh, that, that's actually an interesting point. I, yeah. I, I predict that once Obama's out of office, the next race of the president will be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine. Like, you know, I just I can see just DC is just like, you're making one of your lead characters. What? You know, like they, they, they don't have those kind of color schemes, I think, even in no. their ink. You know, I could just, I, I, I could only imagine them, like, you know, like, you know, the editors and calling up and like, well, what, what color combination are you using to produce that? And then just going over to their guy and being like, I think they're using this, these three colors to make the color. Well, no, 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 that's not the right color. That's way too light. That's, that's, the, that's our chink ink and ease. No, that's, no. Well, that one's darker, but that, that's the sepia spick. We don't use that one. Um, oh, oh, there it is. Oh, it's under nigger tone. That's right. Oh, <laughs> and Mike drops the end bomb before our first year is out. Oh, man. Wow. wow. Uh, DC. And, and the last time you dropped the end bomb was talking about DC. It's yeah. always DC. It's, it's my John Stewart. Oh, nigger John. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, I mean, how, quick question. How are you guys feeling about the change? You oh, mean uh, menopause? No. <laughs> that sounds like a personal <laughs> issue. Uh, no, talking about the idea of Falcon now becoming Captain America. I, I, I think it's a cool idea. I have no problem with it. I mean, I'm just curious to see how they're going to go. I mean, he did say uh, in, the, in that same interview with Rick Remender that, you know, they're not going to do anything weird. Like, he does not have the super soldier serum and stuff like that. You know, but obviously he has other traits. Uh, you know, he has this thing that lets him fly. He's empathic, and that's what allows him to communicate with the birds. So that's just kind of weird. So he's Birdman? 
Almost. Go for it, Troy. Go for it, Troy. It, it fucking sucks. <laughs> he's a sucky character as the Falcon, and now he's going to be a sucky Captain America. It's a dumb idea. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they were planning on a big step up. Uh, I'm behind on the last few issues, so I don't know how they've been resolving it. Is he, um, he going to have like a, a, a fleet of American bald eagles to come to his... <laughs> well, to Red way? Wing is a Falcon, so I don't know how that's going to work. They might, they might have to trade him in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, gonna, if he's going to keep with the America theme, he needs some bald eagles behind him, That's right? That's true there. That so, so Redbird's out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> See Redbird standing in line waiting for his check. And it's funny because you, you were mentioning all the, the things that Falcon has as his powers. I was like, I wonder if he has a power now that makes him interesting. <laughs> no. I, I don't know how he doesn't get killed. No, it's, well, it's just like it, I, I just don't understand this how he Well, as, as much in the, oh, the villains are like, wait, who's that guy? Oh, as much as I uh, enjoyed the movie, it was one of the first things I said to the cab. I'm like, and this movie proves why anyone with wings is inefficient in any kind of superhero team exactly. because it's like exactly. all you can do is fly, and all they have to do is hit your wing. <laughs> like that is it, and now your entire special ability is gone. You know, Warren Worthington listening to this podcast and crying. <laughs> <laughs> But I've got hollow bones. Yeah. No, no, no. But he's crying, but he's wiping his tears with his millions. So. <laughs> That's why you Warren Worthington. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? Well, Fangs for the Memories might be the subtitle for Netflix's upcoming Daredevil series. Deborah Ann Wall has been cast as Karen Page, Matt Murdock's long-running love interest. Wall portrayed True Blood vampire Jessica Hamby through its entire seven-season oh, run. Yeah, I knew you I knew that. I love one. Jessica. Yeah. Oh, man. So, now, Karen Page was introduced in Daredevil number one in April 1964 and had quite a life as a legal secretary, actress, heroin addict, porn star, drug counselor, and eventually dead. Uh, but that doesn't even mention nearly having a molten cobalt poured all over her by her supervillain father and Mysterio faking her blood test so that she believed she was HIV positive. Oh, that, that's quite a life this woman's had. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the that's the big news for that show. So we're gonna get a little bit more street cred. To I'm, it. I'm really I'm, I'm actually kind of pretty excited about this whole web series that that um, Netflix is putting together. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I hope it's good. Go I ahead. hope so too. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be watching that. Yeah, that's that's my big thing. So now, last and least, the Fantastic Four reboot, better known as. Fuck you, Marvel. Wait until our next movie when we make the X-Men superpowered hamsters uh, have an unusual reveal. According to the stars, the movie has very little to do with the comics aside from names and powers. Go figure on that one. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine that? Exactly. Uh, on a different note, oh my Toby Cabell has been signed to play Doctor Doom. Cabell has had uh, roles in some of Hollywood's more questionable films, such as Prince of Persia, Sorcerer's Apprentice, and The Wrath of the Titans. But more recently, Cabell was in what film and as which character? How, how recent? Very. Obviously, I don't know. <laughs> he was that guy in that movie. He was, <laughs> but he may not have been. He actually was in the Planet of the Apes. Really? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, really? Very recent. He was Caesar? No. Oh. He was Koba. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so he did the, uh, the, the body motion and the voice for Koba. Interesting. Okay, and a great segue. Because that's all the news oh, I yeah, have. Look at you. You had to say great segue because the last time you had a segue, I think somebody you ruined it. <laughs> I didn't ruin it. I it was didn't. me. It was me. Yeah. Usually I ruined the segue. I remember the last time you ruined the segue. Yeah, it was me. It was because it was the whole talk about Transformers, right? Yeah. What's well, a fucking horrible movie oh you hey, ruined the segue now it, but you went and did it oh, anyway by the way uh, on that I, uh, that level guess how much it's made worldwide transformers uh, more than i can ever they made a shitload i know they made a shitload yes that's a, let me guess 200 mil 
no, 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 no. Evidently, shitload does not mean as much to uh, <laughs> Troy over there. <laughs> Even more than that? It is worldwide. Oh, okay. Worldwide. worldwide it has made $798 million. So we'll be seeing more Transformers yes, in the future. there will be many more Transformers at this rate. It, has, oh. it is now the, paid. It is the highest grossing film ever in China. Ever in all of their history. Wow, they see everything. Wow, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know why? It's because they have China in the movie. That's why. So they're like, oh my god, well, they said that they said that's actually been happening a lot. That in the Iron Man three, there's actually an unseen American version where they actually cut to China. Well, that's because the, the Chinese yeah. finance part of uh, Iron Man. Yeah, I'm not even sure about that. But then no, they, they, they did. They, that's and there's, why. And there's, I forget. There's another movie. Well, and obviously the Transformers had it and then stuff like that. But there was another movie that was mentioned too about how they're like kind of tossing in China because it's up and coming now like they're because their economics are changing more people have money to go see movies that they there was something that was saying that the amount of theaters that they're erecting in china right now equivalent um equate to about a dozen a day wow what are they opening right in front of each other <laughs> just about well it's a huge country and i think a lot of people have not seen movies in china obviously movies are like starbucks <laughs> everyone <laughs> around the corner shit yeah, wow. can you imagine that? It's a huge uh, population. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. It's funny how art's imitating life because they always talk about how, you know, in the future that China would own the United States. <laughs> well, it sounds like the movie market is going to be following suit too. Don't they technically own the United States with all the, the money that we owe them? Yeah, that's, that's, eh, it's hard to say. I mean, that was Japan owned us in the '80s, and look, look at their economy now. <laughs> <laughs> they still haven't recovered. <laughs> all right, so that's all your quick news. That is all my quick news. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask anyway. Ralph, do you have any quick news? He had news. I had news. You got I more. I said my news. Anything else? No. Okay, I'm just making sure the sponge is dry. What the hell? <laughs> oh, okay. How about this one? Uh, Stephen Amell, Arrow, he's going to be at the NYC Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, get, I was all excited about that. Get your tickets because the tickets are, are flying off the shelves. I still have to get my two. And loser. Hey, hey, I was in Mexico enjoying myself when that shit went on sale. And apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. Senor loser. <laughs> and apparently, according to you guys, it sold out quicker quicker than hotcakes. Well, the three days sold out. Three I mean, days. immediately yeah. there was there was a like an hour long or two hour long queue yeah. to buy to to start buying, and then once we actually got in, all the three days were gone. Yeah. They released the queue right when that they were like, so, okay, so, so now the singles are, are the only ones available. Yeah, I mean, which I mean, I'm so angry with it actually that it's just one of those few times where you're just like, you just feel like writing to your your congressman that type thing because it really feels like a scam. Yeah, yeah when you realize because it's three, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for a total of sixty dollars complete versus buying any one day for either forty or forty five dollars each. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're 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 leading me in, telling me that I can have three days for sixty bucks, and then I end up with two days for ninety dollars. That's that's pretty much a scam. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'll even be able to get that. I think I'm going to get like one day for like shit, maybe a little bit more than that from what I'm saying. Wow. So, I mean, Friday, not so much, but Saturday and Sunday are going. And I'm like, Sunday, Sunday shouldn't be costing that much. Yeah, Sunday should not think? be that expensive because the end of the, it's the end of the thing. You don't get as many panels and everything's kind of selling out fast. Right. So. Right. I mean, you, I mean, even though they claim that they try and push the panels out evenly, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, so that, you know, any of you out there that want to see us, hopefully you'll see us Saturday and Sunday. And hopefully we'll have a T-shirt produced for that by then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Maybe we'll have a Meanwhile 22 Pages Later T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. but that means I got to walk around with a mask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, you have the cap. No, G- no. Gigi will be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to segue out of that into the <laughs> first part of the show, which it's funny how we were talking about um, Planet of the Apes. 
that is the movie we're going to be talking about today. I mean, it's been a while since Rise came out, correct? When, when did Rise yeah, come out? I believe that came out in 2011 or 12. I think it was 11. No, like 11. Maybe yeah, 10 even. Was, no, 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 no. It wasn't that, I think it was 2011. Oh, man. But, I mean, I remember after the, the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes, people were kind of a little bit mad about that. So August then, 5th, 2011. All right. Thank you all. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> oh, but, oh, by the way, interesting piece of news. The... Rise of the Planet of the Apes, it made, it's basically made like $178 like million or something like that. It cost them like $93 million. Um, the Mark Wahlberg, horrible Tim Burton one, made $180 million. Made a lot of money. And to- it, total. Yeah. It wow. made more money than The Rise, and Rise was a much better movie. <laughs> People don't like to think, that's why. <laughs> I suppose so. But let's go on to you know talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And with a synopsis, is always, unless he's bored and doesn't like the movie... MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I have synopsis for movies I don't like. They're just not good. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're just off the top of your head. That's what it is. (laughs) You just regret those synopsis. (laughs) All right. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the July 11, 2014 release in the ongoing Planet of the Apes revival from Chernin Entertainment with distribution by 20th Century Fox. Uh, DPA, as I'm about to call it, uh, was directed by Matt Reeves, known for Cloverfield, Let Me In, and TV's Felicity, among other things. Yeah, there you go. What? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, and that's why what's her name Russell's in it. Exactly. He's a J.J. Abrams guy. Um, I'm sorry? He's a J.J. Abrams guy. Oh, there you go. Um, so the synopsis. The movie picks up where the first one left off. If you did not see the movie, the first movie, here's a brief synopsis. Shit happened and James Franco was probably stoned in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Okay, so now that you're all caught up. Okay. Now that everyone's caught up, the ALZ113 virus spread among, across the globe faster than pissed down a bum's leg. Uh, oh human God. civilization has collapsed and the majority of people are dead. Ten years later, we see that Caesar is a leader of an entirely new and extremely large community of chimps, gorillas, and what I imagine is one probably very horny orangutan because he's the only one. (laughs) (laughs) The apes have not seen or heard from humans for a decade until a small group of people stumble into the apes' home in the Muir Woods around a hydroelectric dam. Caesar attempts a peace treaty with the pants-wearing knuckle lifters, uh, but Machiavellian machinations within the hirsute hierarchy bring it down. Look up all those words. And a special (laughs) effects crew with lots of um, technics eventually brings simian hell down on everyone. Unity, unrest, Teen angst, acceptance, betrayal, slavery, murder, revenge. If this is the dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the late afternoon tea of the Planet of the Apes is going to be one tough mother effer. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. I'll just to let you know, um, the movie stars Gollum as Caesar, the new Doctor Doom as Zoba, TV's Felicity as L, and Dracula as Dreyfus. Um, <laughs> otherwise known as, uh, we have Andy Serkis uh, playing Caesar. We have Tony Cabell playing Zoba. Jason Clark was Malcolm. He was the, the main human. Carrie Russell was Ellie. And Gary Oldman as Dreyfus. And a very unnecessary Gary Oldman for some odd reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was their street credit. So let's put Gary Oldman in. Yeah. People will watch it. He was the Tony Todd of the uh, Final Destination movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's funny is that, I mean, after all the things that, that, um, that he was quoted on saying, you know, oh, in yeah. Hollywood, you know, I, I wonder how much more, how much less it affected there, you know. I can't imagine. Warning, this segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. P.S. Gigi had just said, you know, you got to change that. I don't, I don't like that, that thing. I'm like, so, so you, do you want to do it? <laughs> you, we have to put the volume low when you're recording. But <laughs> All right, so Ralph's going to fuck shit up. So don't blame us, motherfucker. <laughs> she hates when I do that. Yeah, <laughs> just because you sound Korean. <laughs> 
So that's my Korean voice now. Apparently. Oh, you ever okay. seen uh, uh, Friday After Next? Yes. When they're in the, uh, in like the, the rich part. In, yeah. In the Korean neighbor. Uh-huh. That's what you sound like. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> my, motherfucker. All right. So Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. All right. Let's talk about it. Um, what, what, what are your initial thoughts after seeing the whole thing, guys? Uh, I didn't know that there was, a, you know how they say history repeats itself? Yeah. It's crazy how they did it with the whole Roman Empire Caesar thing and then a, a Brutus betraying him. Yeah. yeah I, I, I kind of felt that that was that? Didn't think of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, th- I thought about it tw- like like once he once um Koba betrayed him. I was like, wow, very very Roman. You know, I was just waiting for him to be like, eh, too Koba. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows English, not Latin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's smart. Right? <laughs> One thing I'll say, I mean, after you get past the intro of them explaining what happened to the humans, I thought it was gonna the slowness was gonna bore me. But it, it, the pacing was well. I, I didn't find it slow at all. I absolutely loved the movie. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. I thought it was slow, but just the pacing nah. ended up being perfect for what they were doing. Well, I love the opening, uh, the, the opening bit that showed the virus spreading across the, uh, the world. I just thought that was really clever because I had actually forgotten about the virus mm-hmm. until I was like, oh, that's right. That is how it ended with that one guy getting on a plane, you know. It was very 12 Monkey-ish of them. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Joe. He hates 12 Monkeys. <laughs> but then he's not going to like us talking about these apes either. <laughs> yeah, because there's more than 80. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, I like the just the, the beginning part where they where they establish um, how the monkeys communicate and what and how what the civilization looks like. The, that, that first, what, 15, 20-minute span? You know, it, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really yeah, enjoyed I mean, it. I, I liked uh, I liked watching the apes just living amongst themselves. The fact that uh, for the most part they don't talk. You know, they just speak in sign language, which that was the part that just got me. I'm like, okay, you speak in sign language, that's fine, but they tend to very often speak looking away from the people they're talking to. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking well, they can't see your hands. There's <laughs> also the the grunts and everything. Right. Let's talk about the CGI. <laughs> oh, the CGI was amazing. CGI was amazing. If you if yeah. really s- focused on on an ape while you were watching the film and saw that they're fi- you could see the individual strands of hair yeah. or fur. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Well, the, well, amazing. Even the eyes. I mean, and, when they would zoom in on the eyes, they just well, the eyes so are real. real. Well, I, I would hope they were because they that would just be way too much to that, duplicate. Th- when they filmed it, they were re- wearing motion capture suits. Right. And they would also have a headpiece. Mm-hmm. And the headpiece had a camera coming down, f- and they were filming their eyes. Oh, okay. That's, that's, how, why, that's why the eyes look real, because right. they are okay. real. That's, that's, why a, I said that's incredible. Wow. The, that's why I said before that Tony Cabell you know, was in the movie. I mean, his, his motion was in there. Um, I, I said, it, it really was just a remarkable film. I mean, the apes themselves look great. Now, I saw it in 3D, and I saw it without these losers for a change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, well, I don't go to movies 9 o'clock in the morning. Fuck you. <laughs> I go for the cheap seats <laughs> at the cheap prices. Um, I was there an early bird special there too. <laughs> for MFG, those are retirement specials. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't an early bird; it was just an egg sitting there. It hadn't even hatched by that hour. Um, yeah, I saw it with a friend of mine. He said the same. He was like, "I don't, I don't think see how the 3D added much." Now, I don't think it added much uh, as far as um, looking at the scenery per se. It didn't do much, but I, I really do believe that it, it kind of helped me relate a little bit better to the apes because yeah, they had dimension yeah, yeah. they had dimension it was just really weird it just it made them seem more than cgi you know so it was a 3d empathy maybe <laughs> <laughs> you call it three empathy <laughs> but but i i agree the cgi was fantastic and it wasn't michael bay 
you know, blowing up things and transforming the cars end. CGI. No, no, not no, until no. the end. <laughs> <laughs> but, just, but just the fact of, you know, you, you just have these apes and they're fighting. The, the, the bear looked a little fucked up, though. The bear looked like a retarded bear. Not for nothing. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was, it was bad. I, mean, I felt the I monkeys were great. What? Oh, I felt bad for the bear. He was, Give me that picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, boo boo. But but that I mean, just that fight sequence was really cool. The yeah. way they went about it. Um, and I agree with the sign language. There are parts where they're signing for a long time at the small phrase, or they're signing for a short time and it's a long phrase. Well, that like, was one of my favorite. They're, like they, they would just like wave their hands and he'd be like, now's the time for all men to gather together. But they, <laughs> you know? and then, like, there was this one time where they were just like, I, I thought they were voguing and the, the guy was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, really? It takes that long? But one of my favorite things too would be when Caesar would be with his main crew of, uh, of the hierarchy there and you realize at the end, oh, they were talking to everybody but meanwhile, they're huddled in a circle a tight circle waving their hands you know, in front of themselves. I'm like, no one else can see this. You do understand that. <laughs> like, I don't know how you disseminated this information out to everybody, but it wasn't that way. Well, you know how like um, in certain speeches you have an actual sign language interpreter translating right. into sign language? So what he has is like a, a series of other apes around him relaying the message, like, I, like a phone line. <laughs> so by the time it gets to the other guys, he's saying, you know, scratch your butt, let's eat bananas. Actually, by the time it got to him, he's like, hey, Macarena. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi. Oh, well, God. Well, I would almost imagine that it would have to work in reverse because usually you're talking and then you have a sign language. So I imagine if Caesar's doing it, there's just some woman off to the side, and then he said, <laughs> we're going to do this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because – I, I, I so much was without the humans. I was mm-hmm. after a while. I was like, "Wow, I don't even want to really see the humans right about." Yeah, now. they were they were very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so when the humans show up on site, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, here we go." <laughs> My favorite is Maurice. The orangutan. Oh, Maurice was great. Yeah, that's a cool orangutan. Well, one of my favorite parts, just period, is when you finally hear the monkey speak for the first time. Now I don't know where you guys saw the movie, but did the audience in a movie theater? <laughs> You know what I mean? But, I don't know what, what community of people you saw it with, but did, did people react to the monkey reacting? 9 a.m., there were five people in the theater. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> wait, wait, like when they spoke for the first time? When they spoke, well, the they, first, when they spoke to, the, to, the to the group of humans. Yeah. Because oh. the first time they spoke was just to the, um, the small band that ended up yeah. uh, at Murder. Yeah, when yeah. they were saying go. But yeah, oh, I loved it. I mean, because the thing is, could you imagine that really happening? I mean, you knew the apes were out there, but you just think they're apes and that they're just dangerous and they have that virus that they really don't have, but everyone believes is what's killing the people. You know, when he just shows up, and what's the very first thing he says? Does he say humans or? I think he just says go. He just says no, go. no, 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 no. When he shows wait, wait. up for the group of people, oh. when he shows up at the fortress. What's oh, the very he, first, because it's one word he says. He said apes. Oh, did he, that's right. Yeah, because that's why he goes, apes, apes do, do not, not want, want war. war. That's yeah. right. And that, when everyone was like, <gasps> I was just like, yeah, that would be the reaction. <laughs> That's when you know you're fucked. It's like an ape coming in, riding a horse, carrying a weapon, and talking. You're done. <laughs> yeah, it's time to move. But like, um, see, there was probably some misunderstanding because he wasn't speaking English the first time. He was saying Japanese. He was telling them five. <laughs> just go. Yeah, five. Go. I need five. Five. Five humans. There were five humans there. Exactly. There you and go. This educational moment was brought to you by <laughs> Ralph the, the Tech and the Electric Company. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but uh, I mean, I really did enjoy that that scene because everybody just went into holy hell. Because, like I said, you realize, okay, they can talk, they can think, they have the horses. They didn't have guns at that moment, you know. But it's like they're weaponized and they are evidently organized. 
you know, like an actual army. It's just and like, and they're and what, like ten to twelve times stronger than a human being. I was just gonna say, and that's that. the chimps. That's not the the gorillas are far stronger than that. You and know? there were a lot more than eighty. Yeah, exactly. You know, which also there was a ton of gorillas too. I'm like, so you found all these gorillas, you found all these chimps, but you only managed to find one orangutan. Apparently, <laughs> apparently in San Francisco they only need one orangutan. Well, that's, I, that's the orangutan godfather. Well, I, like I was telling Mike before when, when he dropped by the job the other day, I said, "Well, that's easy to figure out. There was probably orangutans around, but nobody was intelligent as Maurice. He's trying to talk to me. Hey, baby, what's going on? Oh, you can't talk. Fuck next. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I can't talk to you. You're ratchet. <laughs> so, let's keep it moving. <laughs> but hey, I mean, if you're the only orangutan in a whole, around a whole bunch of chimps, I mean, come on, you'd be like the Mac Daddy. You'd be getting chimp ass all the time. I don't know. He's like the one ginger in the entire group. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're finding that much love for him there. He didn't have a very happy face, and his big butt face didn't help either. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the right hand man, so you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but give uh, some some points there. That's true. So it's, it's it's. I mean, when 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 the apes were introduced and, and introduced and they could talk, it was pretty cool. Did, you said you, Mike. You said you found the humans annoying. Yeah, I mean, well, I I didn't think that. Uh, I think I shouldn't say that I didn't think they did this. I, I think they should have done a little bit fairer job of trying to give us a choice of who we're rooting for. You know, I mean, obviously, you, you know, because you it, it's it's a mistake to think that just because I'm human watching this movie, I'm going to instinctively root for us. I mean, you're rooting for who you feel sympathy for in the movie. And you didn't really get a sense of sympathy for us. Um, yeah. You know, like, you know, like even, you know, because they're without power in this 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 closed off area and stuff like that. And it's not like you saw suffering, you know, you just saw that they were inconvenienced uh, to our modern time, you know, but they weren't suffering. So the fact that they needed the power, which is why they needed to kind of go where the apes were. And then when they got the power and all they did was basically, you know, put on music and light up cabinets in shops like you know what i'm saying like it was just like one of those things dude they had, it was it was two minutes after shit happened no but <laughs> what i'm saying though is it's just like you didn't give me sympathy all you gave me was just like yeah that's how much they think about anything else you know like it's just okay we're back to our convenience now we can finally have an ac you know like it wasn't like for instance <laughs> you saw that that the electricity allowed them to finally grind you know grains to make flour because they were starving to death or it, it was just it was just like, yay, our lives are, went from, you know, inconvenience to better than that, you know. <laughs> well, they wanted the power to, to contact other people to see if they right. could find survivors. That was like their main, yeah. their main goal. Right. But again, like I said, it's just that um, since, we, since we're verging on a war between these two areas, like, you know, you kind of want in a war situation to feel something for both sides. Yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes a one-sided movie, which is what it became. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I mean, again, I enjoyed it, but it's just that, like I said, the humans, I just found them annoying. Uh, you know, they... They were just humans. When when you really think about it, the whole if Koba hadn't shot Caesar, right? There would I take it Koba shoot Caesar at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> they wouldn't have had the war, right? Right. Would you think it would have been a more that was part of the Machiavellian machinations for all you hoes at home? <laughs> <laughs> would you think it would have been a, like a, a more interesting movie if instead of them going to war with each, uh, against each other? They somehow unite against some uh, third force that's invading in San Francisco. A third, a third, no, a third force w- meaning other apes or other humans. I guess other like humans. Uh, an, another another team of people or apes, and another another enemy to to, to or obstacle to fight against. Yeah. You mean like lobster people, like Zoidberg from Futurama? Yeah, sure. Oh God, <laughs> lobster people. Um, no, I mean, I well, I, it would have made. <laughs> um, it would have made for way too confusing of a movie because you would have introduced a third element. Um, right. With with no presence, um, and also, what would that third element be? Like you said, I mean, 
if it's other apes, then you'd have to have established that Caesar didn't group all the apes under him. Uh, if it's more humans, it's just like, well, why are you a third obstacle? You know, like you're either siding with the humans or the apes, you know. So, um, no, I, I think I think it just needs to be the way it is. It's apes versus humans. I, I think that was enough for me. Um, right. And the fact that you had the internal strike amongst the apes and the humans, actually. And also, More so the apes. Than the and, and it allows you to go deeper for, for, for each side. It's just that they didn't really do a good job on going deeper for the, the humans. humans. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like with the humans, it was kind of like, well, you know how we can be. It was just kind of like <laughs> that, you know, like it was like, well, you know how bad we can be when we want to be bad. Anyhow, back to the apes. Yeah. Know? And then Caesar is like, oh, I realize that apes aren't as different from humans. We right. are the same. <laughs> There's some deep philosophy there. Except, except you guys don't have your junk hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> how many of you expected Koba to shoot Caesar? Um, I, I did I not did, expect I him see to that shoot coming. him. No, I expected him. I expected him to um, finagle them into yeah into more of a revolt more so than anything. I didn't expect for them to go along that pattern because again it was a very um, standard pattern. It was a very standard. But that was the thing I thought about the movie. It followed very standard non-original movie ideas, but it just told them really well. Well, it followed the same. A lot of the elements of this film are mirroring the elements from the. From the film from the first series, right? The Battle of the uh, Planet was the Battle Battle, yeah. which is god awful. Yeah, it's the worst. God, god awful, course, but the same plot points are in the yeah. in the film. Well, the movies were made almost one year after the next. The original, were they that, the original. that close? Well, I together? think the first one was like maybe a few years, and then after that, I think it was like 71, 72, 73. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess no turnaround for makeup, huh? <laughs> makeup. Don't, don't take off that makeup because we're gonna do it again. <laughs> You should see there. I know. I know you haven't seen that film, but you should see that film just as in in dawn. You see that the apes coming to the human city to fight them, and it's pretty epic. You should see what happens in battle, because battle is like all right. We don't have any. Um, we'll get a yellow school bus and a motorcycle and a jeep, and we'll ride up on the on the human city, and like in an open field in the daylight. <laughs> how bad it looks is crazy it's like a bunch of kids made the film it's like you know what I still got my Halloween costume let's make Battle for the Planet of the Apes that's too funny yeah there, I mean, there was no CGI back then at what, all what do you mean you don't have keys to the Jeep we'll push the Jeep <laughs> that's basically how Battle looks so uh, the first Planet of the Apes came out in 1968 right and then the and second one was in 70 right 70 then 71, 71 72, 72 73 exactly yeah. Holy yeah. I never like one, knew that one year after the next there MFG was also, did not exaggerate there was also a television series <laughs> yep yeah I remember yeah. that the television series was eh, not and, quite that interesting and an animated television series called Return to the Planet of the Apes yeah. that was creepy yeah that was in 75 the, the, <laughs> creepy the yeah. Mike? Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was, was, it was, it was something weird about it. Yeah. There's something weird about it. I don't know. What did it make it like one season for the, the animated? Yeah, I couldn't yeah, imagine. They, much both, it was both, only, only, both only had one season. Yeah, well, the live action. The really. live action television series was in uh, 74, which was after um, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. And then the return to the Planet of the Apes was in 75. Okay. Well, it's, um, what's interesting, though, is that like in, in the Planet of the Apes movies, the original one, it was, it was interesting because they made it very much a society divided by tasks, which I thought was very interesting. Right. Because all the chimps were scientists. All of the orangutans were philosophers and statesmen. And all of the gorillas were military. Like, that's exactly okay, what gotcha. they did. Yeah, it was I mean, just a very on. interesting breakup. You are you, you going to put gorillas as scientists? Come on, man. Hey, come you on. know. <laughs> you know. That it's not working. It's not working. Ah. <laughs> you know, but... Um, <laughs> 
but but also what's interesting was I had watched something about the 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 making of it years 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 ago. They were talking about the making of the original one, probably around the time that the Marky Mark one was out. It's probably when it came up again. But um, it was one of the most fascinating things. They said that the you know the actors, you know, obviously most of the actors there were just you know day players because they were just people they put into the ape suits and stuff like that. But you know they all knew each other. You know they're familiar with each other stuff like that. You know so and so would hang out with so and so. You know whatever. But every time they went into makeup. They said, and it was just like a science experiment, it was a sociological experiment, that when they were in makeup, at lunchtime for the breaks, all the chimps sat together, all the apes, the gorillas sat together, and all the orangutans sat together. And, you know, yet they all knew each other. It's just just kind of, you went what looks familiar. It was just very interesting that way. Wow, okay. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, like, if a chimp strayed and went to the gorilla table, like, what are you doing here, you damn chimp? Go back to your table. Came back covered in shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only good imitation you got there, Ralph. (laughs) But that was actually, I was looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to it. I was kind of looking for that um, that separation of tasks in this movie, and they didn't really have it much. I mean, well, the they, apes definitely, I mean, the gorillas definitely are more aggressive, but then they're also larger and stronger. But they, it wasn't defined. It wasn't like, for instance, when they make the invasion. It wasn't like that the gorillas led the charge. No, the and, gorillas you know, were more like, you know, support medics, you know, taking the wounded out of the way. Right, yeah, they did a lot of that. Oh, oh during the battle scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and speaking of the battle scene, um, as we're kind of jumping around a bit there, what happened to the guys in the tank? Oh, that's right. Oh, Ralph. Oh, the, <laughs> oh the that's tank, right. The tank was open, all right? Yeah. How the hell you drive around in an open tank? They were using the top gun. Because they were using the gun. Fuck that shit, man. You got a big-ass cannon. You're going to be using the little gun. The cannon, no. the cannon shoots one at a time. The gun shoots a lot of people, even though they couldn't shoot anybody. I yeah. swear. It, it, was, it was from the Transformers school yeah. of, of shooting, I, right? All, all no, all it's it's hearing, from the, the G.I. Joe all cover I, yeah, fire. Yeah, suppressing all, fire. Yeah, all I kept hearing, the guy in the tank was, just shoot them. Just shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, Cobra Commander, are you leading this group of humans? No one is able to hit an ape. But they could hit suppressing every rail. They could hit every fire. rail that an ape was near. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, like, that is some sharpshooting. I have never seen anyone hit a rail so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Did you feel like the boy, I'm, when we're talking about the humans, did you think the boy was kind of, not irrelevant, but like throwaway, like you didn't have to, you didn't have to have his character, you could have done uh, it with something else? Well, it, it was sort of a way to mirror Caesar's family. Right. Because you have Caesar, his son, and then the wife, and then like, right. the newborn. Yeah, and they, they did try and give you a little bit um, a mirror, like, like Ralph said. I, yeah, but he was unimportant. You know, he just you, you he, he made, sort you, of really no You, you could have made the kid the baby. You could have made the father a slight of an artist, and you could have got the same stuff taken care of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, the yeah. kids served really no purpose. It was just, like I said, it was just to make well, it a family so that there was a sense of loss on that side. Yeah, there's a sense of, um, there's a sense of, um, not reflection, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, whatever. A sense of that, huh? Shit, it. It's, <laughs> it's very complex. We do morning deep. podcasts. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Cap, I, I thought it was a man interesting. of few words. I thought it was interesting that uh, Caesar had two sons in this version. Yeah. Because in, in the original version, he only had one. Yeah, you know. I guess I, he, I I'm he, wondering got, he got a little the, bit more. I'm wondering. Yeah, he got a little more. He, you know. <laughs> But I'm wondering where they're going with that. Why they introduced Yeah, I was just going to say well, that. Well, I, yeah. I could actually then see if that's the case. I mean, to me, it seems like you're going right down to Shakespeare by that point, which means you're going to have two sons that are going to now be a, a, a chance to run the empire. The right. One, so, one right. Exactly. So, and I could see where that's going to go. That's well, what I would think. I'll tell you, you already Because you already know that, uh, was it, is it Blue Eyes? Yeah. Yeah, Blue yeah. Eyes. I mean, you know, even though he kind of realized he was wrong for following Koba, but he still isn't as accepting of things as they should be like his father was you know hey 
I, I, he's I gonna would be think, badass because he has. That I would think that the younger son will end up being the more aggressive one, because as well, just oh, that's true too. I can see possibly that. Caesar will be older. He wouldn't have had the benefit of seeing this whole thing play out in Very front true. of him, and he he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have seen the transition, right? And oh, he'll oh, just he'll, he'll grow up seeing seeing the humans, well, seen, well, not seeing well, humans. Or, or barely seeing them, and only right. seeing the very again the well, worst of them. Which yeah. you know, I mean, that, no, that's a very good point. I mean, they might go from that side, but I definitely do see a split going down there right, from the sun. That's that's what I see. You know? I guess so because I mean, like we we before the podcast started, I asked Mike, well. You know, are they gonna are they leading up to battle to to planet the original Planet of the Apes film? Is this what this is all leading up to? Which kind of hard to do, right? You know, so maybe you know. that's not where they're headed, right? But we were talking because anyone hasn't seen it. The original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston is astronauts. They were just going into space, and evidently they invented time travel accidentally twice, yeah. <laughs> which, which is amazing feat all on its own. Um, so that the, they were only supposed to be going into space and then coming back. They were just, you know, practicing kind of like suspended animation and then supposed to come back. And they think they come back to Earth and then they realize, they think that they're now on another planet because there's just apes everywhere and there's human-like things, um, you know, coming around. And uh, it just turns out, of course, that they're actually on Earth. They're just far in the future on Earth. Um, this one... Oh, and, and the movies also are kind of a paradox. They don't go in a linear fashion. So you already start in the future. Uh, eventually, you go back in the past, but you realize that the apes from the future come into the past. And since they already are intelligent and can speak, they give birth to Caesar, who can speak and is intelligent. And then that's what lays that's- plans for the plan to be taken over by the apes. So the future can't, I mean, the past can't happen until the future takes place, basically. Um, and this one, uh, like Troy and I were talking about, that if they did want to at least try and put the astronaut thing on, what would have been cool is if in the first film, they had just said, like, you know, we launched, uh, a, a, you know, a space, a manned spaceship into the space for blah, 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 blah. And then have them come back in the last film and see what happened to the world, you know, since they've been gone. I thought that would be cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny because when you kind of know where a movie is supposed to go, or at least according to what the, the, the previous movies had said, it, does it get to a point where you're like, OK, well, I know it's coming. So, you know, I wish they would do something different. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually do. Uh, you know, I mean, unless the first one was excellent, you know, something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, but this one, I'm happy with because I, I don't know where they're going to go, and I'm very happy with that. Yeah, and then the in the Mark Wahlberg remake, Caesar was actually a chimp on the space station that crashed onto Earth, and he was the oh, reason. Not about that. That they grew and, and became smarter. I purged that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I purged that movie. I just remember mind. them jumping around. That that was their big special effects. They could jump really far. Yeah. Really, like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> not that far. <laughs> hey, it wasn't that good of a movie either. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed. You know, uh, it's funny because Mike nails it on the head, and it's kind of like a recurrent. When I think about this movie, I think about how much compassion you had for the apes, and, and I mean, like you really got invested when when Caesar got shot. I remember everybody in the audience was like, oh. "Did any of you really believe he was dead?" Though no, uh, the fact that no he fell into the bushes and, until that, you see a dead body, nobody's, nobody's, dead. nobody's dead. That was my question. All right, so these apes, they love Caesar, right? They follow him, they respect him, right? Except for Cobra. Um, so he gets shot and he falls off a cliff, and nobody of, thinks to go yeah. look for his body, right? Nobody. Well, he was really far down, apparently. <laughs> 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 but no, they're like, "Oh no." Caesar shot. Not even his wife. Yeah. <laughs> or his son that was standing right next to his son. Nah, but his son was more... I mean, I can get the son because the son is angered and raged. He's like, you know, we got to take out these humans, but... Yeah, I don't know, but you don't think the son was... He can see him falling. 
They're quicker than us. He would have the ability to actually catch his body before he fell off the edge. Well, not that. Right? I mean, Slow down. Well, they're, not, not, they're not super mutant <laughs> right. monkeys. I mean, no, no, no. no <laughs> but because don't forget, shock is going to take place. You're not expect. It's not like you know he's like whoa, 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 I'm falling. You know. But I mean, still, if like you said, they would have gone. And also the fact that the humans find him on their way out, so that the apes would have thought, well, gee, he fell here. If we just go the way out of here, we would just run past him at some point, and like no one stopped to look for him. You know. Or maybe they just because they were in such a rage, they ran right over him. I mean, if yeah. you look close, you saw some footprints on his body. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but also, the one thing to keep in mind, though, is that, remember, um, Caesar is the most intelligent, followed by probably Maurice. Uh, the other apes are smart, smart, especially smarter than they should be, but they're not, you know, all there. They're not all him. So I guess so, so, to... so some of those animal instincts still yeah, exist. Just and... like, well, our leader's gone. Who's next? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Caesar is like uh, college level and they're like preschool. Right. And, you know, and you did have Koba also, you know, they did a good job, I think, with the idea that Koba immediately took their mind off of it by like, you know, we got to kill the humans now. No, no, now, now. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know? totally. Absolutely. I mean, it was genius by Koba. That was my favorite part, actually. Oh, and Koba. <laughs> well, no, with Maurice. <laughs> When the humans are there, because the humans are there when um, Caesar gets shot, oh, yeah. and the apes are starting to get like squirrely now, you know. And <laughs> Maurice is by all the humans, and he's just like, "Run!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty cool. That was it pretty cool. I mean, he he should have just been all side mouth about it. Run! <laughs> Watching Cobra become more and more evil was very cool to see. Yes, I the, like the, that the he transition. did not start out bad. I mean. What, right. Well, he already had from the first movie. You knew, yeah. but you knew why because he was tortured by humans and um, as part of experiments. So you knew he wasn't a fan of him. But I did like, like, like the cap said, I liked watching it grow. His hatred grew once they came back again. You, you know? can see it when when uh, Caesar allows them to work on the dam. Yeah, and he says once they're finished with their human work, mm-hmm. they can go. And then Colbus like human work, and he shows them the scars. Yeah. Human work. That was right. awesome. Human yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. You know everyone can't see what you're actually doing. They just hear you repeating human work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you can see me. <laughs> but excellent point. In all his glory. <laughs> excellent right. point. Well, I, Put those pants on. <laughs> I, you know what I, like? I like the breeze. <laughs> Not only that scene where he's showing his scars and saying this is human work, but you know he, he's skeptical and he goes to find out what's going on in right. the human camp. And he jumps to a conclusion. I mean, he doesn't know the whole story. But and when he goes he there, right. he, he's right there amassing, they're amassing all these weapons. And he comes back and he's he feels justified, right? And he is in a in a sense. Well, no, that, well, that was what the I again that, thought that, was a smart part of the film is that Koba was not entirely wrong, but then neither was Caesar. No, yeah. and I, I like that. That was the whole point was that you know Caesar was blinded by humans, shades of gray, right? And he, and Koba was blinded by hate. You know, yeah, I definitely agree with yeah. that. And it's funny because it, it's it's almost like when you look at Koba, you think about the archetype of villains that villains are not supposed to be good looking villains are supposed to be really evil looking and the fact that he didn't start out that way he was abused and all that stuff right. but he was still you know you know loyal to Caesar and you know like you know he still worked with him you kind of feel like oh well maybe Koba won't you know necessarily you know no Koba yeah. <laughs> shot him <laughs> yeah. which he fired on one round I'm like that's a automatic that's an automatic machine gun right there no 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 it wasn't an auto, it was a sniper rifle no, it was yes, a sniper. it was. It was, it was a sniper, sniper rifle. Yeah, that was not a that was not so, a machine gun. I could have sworn it was. Clearly, like a, you do not know your guns. Give me your man card right now. <laughs> from, from, I am confiscating from, your man card from the guy who watches Once Upon a Time asking for man cards. Really? <laughs> hey, you watch Once Upon a Time and you get girls. <laughs> I have one. I don't need girls anymore. <laughs> Just saying. It's for the rest of us. <laughs> All right, but 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 yeah, I was I was I was very pleased that they didn't make Koba out to be 
such a villain and that there was a transition that you know yeah. you didn't know where it could have gone like if he would have been bad from the beginning like oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna shoot he's gonna shoot Caesar he's gonna revolt against him and he's gonna try to kill Caesar when it happened I didn't see it coming yeah you know I mean like say, I thought they did a really good job and I thought that they used uh, it was actually interesting to watch Koba's intelligence like where he just you know when he realizes okay I'm about to get shot by these two men with rifles so I'll just play dumb circus ape yeah, you know, like you know, I it, was, it, it was very, very interesting to watch the show. That okay, he's actually a lot smarter than you realize. You know, he may be full of hate, but he's smart. I wish they hadn't put that in the. He's a survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I, wish they right. shouldn't have, they didn't. I thought they were gonna do what they always do, where like where they show in the previews, they don't actually put in the movie. Or they might have put the entire thing in the yeah. yeah. It was just when I saw that, I saw it coming. Like I still cringed a little bit. Like when I yeah. shot both of them, like, oh man, come on. <laughs> but what was up with those weapons? I mean, they had weapons. What were they like? An offshoot of the NRA? <laughs> they had every gun in America in that one storehouse. Well, it's you know? a military base, man. What do you expect? Was it supposed? Was that a military yeah, base a, at that point? Yeah, I, I thought they point. said that. Um, what's their face? What's the not FEMA? But I thought they said someone brought. Things to them or something. Yeah, like it that. was but, an armory. It was a military base. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was an armory. I thought they were saying that they had had um, guns and supplies brought to them. Yeah. Okay, that makes much more sense because I'm like they just had every weapon that you ever wanted. To. I think they had a Star Trek laser. <laughs> and I'm like, if you look closely, you could you could see the the lightsaber from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, well, once the apes get their hands on the uh, on the, on the on the guns and they start making their way toward the the, the human city. That battle was just like, what the fuck? Nothing was cooler than seeing an ape on horseback yeah. with an automatic weapon. Oh, my God. Koba, when he <laughs> had was two, the best visual Koba was double movie. fisting the guns. I was like, you go. <laughs> wow. But if you, I don't know if you guys caught this, but if you look closely at their formation when they were riding, yeah. the way they were shooting, there had to be friendly fire. Oh, there was nothing there, but friendly. Those had, apes had no idea how to shoot guns. They were because like, they were right behind each other and yeah. they were shooting. And if you look at the muzzle flares, like it's right behind the, one of the apes' back. I'm oh like, yeah. Well, they weren't the really hell? even aiming. They were just kind of like holding the guns, and as their arms as their arms bounced around on horseback, they just were a bit fired. It, you know, it was like, bang, sorry, bang, sorry, oh, sorry, my mistake, <laughs> bang, oh, sorry, my oh, bad, thing, bang. I'll bring you something later, bang. <laughs> yeah, but then you, you see the humans, and they just start shooting, and it's like they're just the front lines down. Yeah. Next line's down. Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, like you said, there should have been um, a little bit more friendly fire, but I like the fact that the apes did not know how to shoot properly. Yeah. I mean, you know, Koba got off his one good shot because he had moments to take aim, but the rest of them, it's like, well, you don't know how to use a gun, you know? That, that was another thing. Like, you see Koba riding, right? I, sure, he's shooting the front, right? When he gets past a certain point, there should be someone standing up and shooting him in the back, you know? Yeah, you think. Right? That that seems more sense. Like, he was a motherfucker. Fear's a motherfucker. Fuck fear, man. If fear's a motherfucker, it'll make you shoot right. <laughs> or cringe. It's fight or flight. It's one of the basic human things that we have. And, and then you got a rocket launcher. You aim for the barrels. Aim for the fucking leader and they stop fighting. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, so Koba's on this horse. He's the one that's kind of circling around back and forth. Hit the one with the double guns. <laughs> well, no, but the rocket launcher, though, like if they only took out Koba, it wasn't going to stop anything. I mean, just another. I mean, so they just it, tried to take out. He tried to take out as many apes as possible. Well, he's you know? leading them. You know, take out the leader. They usually. You know, chop off the head, the body falls down. Yeah, you hope. But they'll be they'll be a little bit confused, but they won't be as organized. Yeah, so it'll be but, easier to take them down. Yeah, but at the same time, it's either that or take down a hundred apes. I'll go for the hundred apes and deal with the other ape later. You know. Yeah, but you blow up the barrels and then the gorilla throws it into you. Right, but also don't forget, we, we only know that uh, that's Kobe, also that it, Zo yeah. Zoba is the leader. Yeah. Caesar is the leader as far as all humans are concerned because they don't know he's down. So yeah. you don't see Caesar. You assume Caesar, like any leader, is not there at that point. You know. Yeah, but all I know, if I see a lone chimp 
fighting, right? Going by himself and taking charge. I'm aiming for that guy. <laughs> I'm aiming for the other hundred behind him. <laughs> I'll worry about that one chimp later. One, one you know thing, what I'll do? Uh, I'll just get the magic bullet. You know, just, <laughs> magic boom. Bullet. Curves here. Curves here. Curves here. Oh. Takes out like 600 of them. Oh, and Angelina Jolie shows up. Oh, so now up. it's wanted? Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I was interested to see is when, once the, a, the apes broke past the barricade, how they were going to treat the humans when they got there. Were they going to beat the shit out of babies and women or were they going to just like arrest them? I was curious to see how that was going to go down. I wanted to see down. some baby beating. But yeah, yeah, Oh That's what God. I thought was going to happen. You know? <laughs> no, but I mean, they did start imprisoning them right away, you know. Right. But of course, again, most of the apes have no association to humans. So, you know, to hear, you know, Zoba to be like, you know, now you get to be in, eight, in ape cages, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's like, okay, you do have issues. <laughs> How about when uh, when Koba kills Ash because he refuses to kill the human? Ape, no kill, ape. Yeah. Unless it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very surprised at how we how we dispatched him. I was like, "Wow, he killed Ash." Yeah, I thought he was gonna like kill him off to the side, but he was just like, "Nope, everyone, watch this." <laughs> you know? Yep, get in line. <laughs> he's, he's like, "You want to see an experiment? No. Let's see if we can fly." Yeah. <sighs> Guess yeah. not. I'm not a scientist, but. <laughs> and then Rocket's just in prison because he's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna follow Caesar." Also, how did you like the way that the, that it tied back to the original movie by going back to the house, by but with the humans taking Caesar back to his original house? Yeah, because Caesar told him take him take me well, here. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was touching. I thought it was appropriate as well, since at, since they weren't that far away. You know what? I, I don't really like. Eh. Did you think about this? Uh, James Franco character was a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So he probably had medical supplies in the house, right? Right. But yet they go to try and get medical supplies back in the colony. Right. right, but don't forget though, this is not like the next day. This is years later when humanity's in disarray. So we saw the state of the house. So you're imagining it again from yeah. that point of view, you're imagining they were raided. Yeah, you, know? but you should think, let me check the house first. Maybe there's supplies. Well, he knows he's a doctor. They don't. Yeah, they, they, they didn't figure out yeah, he was a doctor until later on. But still, no, but still, you would think, hey, let me check to see if there's any supplies in the house, right? That would be your first thing. You've right? got a dying monkey there. I think and, and what, I mean, actually, let's just put it this way you go through my house, you're not going to find a scalpel. Like, like if you're in anyone's house, you know you're not going to find a scalpel. You'll like, find a knife. Yeah, but that's just going to add more insult to injury. <laughs> oh, this rusty knife that's been sitting around for 10 years. Let me just cut you with it. And it's not that sharp. <laughs> yeah. Apes need to do surgery. <laughs> Ape need morphine. Morphine! <laughs> but, but I like but, the way uh, they tied that back in. Definitely. Yeah. No, I did really like and, that, though. And then the, uh, but the, I, the but, symbol for the window yeah, to, the to symbol signal the window, them. Which I, I definitely like that. I, but I, I did love that I'm like, when he turns on that camcorder, I'm like, bullshit, that battery's still working. Well, if I was, leave, when I leave it my battery, in. It, it was plugged, plugged in. in. Yeah, it was plugged in. So like when the, the camera was plugged into the power source, yeah. and there was power back in the area. So. Bullshit! That thing's still working. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years of disarray. Who made that camera? No, actually, I have one of those old video yeah, yeah. cameras. Yeah, and it, it's, it still works. There you yeah. go. The plug works. The battery's like. Eh, yeah. Is James Franco on any of the film? <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> Is he stoned? A little bit. <laughs> What's funny is you talk about them invading James Franco's house, and I'm like, yeah, you you wouldn't find a scalpel. You'd find weed though. <laughs> Which be enough of a painkiller. <laughs> Caesar find- need what in wooden box on table. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll find his books of poetry. <laughs> there you go. That's enough of a painkiller right there. Wow. It'll, knock, it'll knock you out. Oh, my God. Caesar, I don't know what to do with this, this green leafy material. I know how to roll. <laughs> my, my father taught me. I was- <laughs> yeah. Anybody want to hit this? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm wondering, like, you know, they didn't have James Franco in, obviously, because it was, you know, they made a different choice. But I wonder if they ever asked him. If they asked him or they decided straight up, we don't want James Franco, we're going to move on from that whole thing. 
I don't know. I mean, you know, I could just see the. They probably were just like, we've got a really solid movie going on here. This thing's going to be great. Let's just see if we can get James. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe they asked James Fangle, but he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he was still terrified. He thought the apes were real from the last one. <laughs> <laughs> That's that paranoia setting in. Marijuana's bad. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get to the let's get to the climax of the film. So now you have the apes taking over the city uh, in the tower in San Francisco. Yeah, I didn't like that particular scene, though. Um, I, I thought it was ineffective for what they tried to make us believe was going to happen. Because they were just, uh, you know, so the apes, are, like you said, are all gathered. And, and they're, and they're, of course, stressed. Every ape ever created by, you know, life is in this one tower that's been under construction and whatnot. And uh, a, a rag team of humans uh, with uh, Gary Oldman are down in the sewers. And Kamikaze Gary yeah, Oldman. There you go. And uh, they've got like, you know, they've got so much C4, it's like C100 by that point. And uh, <laughs> they've got it strapped all to the bottom of the tower. And they're like, you know, we're bringing this tower down, which when it goes off, it's like, yeah, it brings down the first 10 floors. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, it, that tower is still standing. This was very anticlimactic to what we were expecting, you know. So you thought they were going to be able to kill every ape. And meanwhile, you, you killed like 10. They just created <laughs> like a, a, a one on the Richter scale of size earthquake. Yeah. And meanwhile, you have Caesar up there trying to negotiate with one of the negotiate. He's trying to take back over the apes. Don't Again. sugarcoat it. He's kicking ass, man. Well, he, he was getting his ass kicked for a bit because you had to because, you know, the proof is worth. But I, my favorite scene is when Koba, um, I mean, uh, when uh, Koba, is Koba is over. Koba. Koba, thank you. Uh, when Koba comes swinging around with, like, this metal bar and Caesar jumps back, grabs, like, on the edge with his hands, and then uses his foot to grab the metal bar. I was like, that was badass. <laughs> that was just badass. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was just wondering that whenever the explosion, before the explosion happened, I was waiting for the explosion to happen, for Caesar and Koba to, in the midst of the fight, to get interrupted, and then Caesar would get mad at the human saying, oh, the explosion went off, this is your fault. I actually thought that for a split second. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, the thing is, I, I did think that somehow there would be some blame or something like that. Like, see, we can't trust the humans or something like that. But at the same time, it's like, you did just take them over. So <laughs> really, anything you say is kind of like, well, we would have done the same if we knew how to use C4. <laughs> you know? um, but I mean, but I did like the fight scene. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was over the top. I didn't think it was just there for the sake of it. I thought it was a really good fight scene. And, you know, good old Caesar at the end there. Cause I, I also love that every time... Koba did something bad. He he begged for forgiveness from Caesar, and you just knew. Yeah, you, you know, knew he was gonna try and pull you know, that card. Like, oh, you know what? Very <laughs> end. Apes don't kill apes. Please, apes don't kill apes. <laughs> Yo, bro, what's up, cuz? You're you know, not ape. Ooh, 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 cuz, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> Damn. Remember, remember when that we used to throw shit at people? Ha <laughs> 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 fun time. Remember back in the lab. Back in the lab. I used to get you all those bananas for free remember <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. shoot a guy with one eye would you yeah <laughs> oh my god i'm surprised he didn't throw in glasses <laughs> you would hit an ape with glasses would you apes for life baby apes for life <laughs> all right yeah man. so when he, when he had the caesar had him by the hand and you know you're like at no point did you believe that caesar was going to forgive him though like no. i mean it, i mean it would have been an interesting turn in the movie depending but it would have been like you're a fool i mean we're not talking about someone that disagreed with you talk about someone that tried to kill you yeah, <laughs> you know but I, but you could have made you could have made it work you could have had caesar try to pull him up Koba almost like you know, still try to kill him and his son end up killing Koba. yeah that's why you can go right. off for the next movie saying the son's like i'm stronger than you I, right you know. well that's what well, that's what the whole point is that they're, they're saying caesar is the ruler he is the man there's no someone else had to help me out or i i wavered on the decision it was just like nope 
<laughs> You're not ape. <laughs> you know? All right, all right, guys. Good job. But by the way, this movie got a 91% fresh from Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. 91%. I don't know. What other film has gotten that high a mark? In recent time? Probably nothing. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> Probably nothing that. recently. Glitter. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Battleground Earth. <laughs> oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Travolta should still be hanged for that movie. <laughs> All right, let's go right to it, gentlemen. What are your ratings for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Mike, what is your rating? I give it eight. I thought Caesar was going to become Batman, and I was okay with that out of ten. <laughs> Tell me you did not think when he was on that sofa and he's like I need to come back stronger. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, he's Batman. He's going into the cave, and he's coming back with a tech suit. <laughs> All right, 8 out of 10. All right, pretty good. All right. Ralph? I give it 9 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it um, 9 knuckle drags that will probably rule the world out of 10. Troy, what do you give it? I don't have any creative way to say this. I'm just saying <laughs> nine out of ten, easily. It was e- easily the best movie I've seen this summer. Yeah. Oh wow, that's, that's pretty good. All right, and that's better than Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese beg to differ. I couldn't stop you from seeing that, but <laughs> well, someone should have tried. <laughs> I tried. I, t- I told him, but he's like, no, 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 no well, we had to review it. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I gotta review it. For, for like, all our millions of fans out there, yeah. <laughs> you better appreciate that. There's, there's definitely zeros behind it. <laughs> so there you have it. Our review for Dawn of Planet of the Apes. Um, fantastic movie. You definitely should go see it. So we'll well, be... One last thing. Go ahead, ahead. Where do you think the franchise goes in the next film? Because at the end, they say, oh, well, you know, the military's coming. You know, the, right. the war has started. I'm, uh, are you up for seeing a film where it's just a fight between what's left of civilization against which would be a small amount of apes, comparatively speaking. Because right, well, the military why, yeah. comes, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't care how, how many apes there are, if the military is still existing in this world, they should be able to wipe the, sh- wipe right. the floor. Right, well, well, at least wipe out that group, and that is the only group of intelligent apes that, that we're we aware know, of. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to have to take place, again, maybe another decade or so into the future. It has to. Yeah. You know, it just, it just, I mean, it might start off with a little, like... Uh, like what they did with the simian flu thing, where right. they show that the apes... Have somehow beat the military using guerrilla tactics. Well, even if they want, to, <laughs> hey, that's not that's not actually bad. Um, well, I mean, you know, but they—I wouldn't say they would show them beating because I think the movie would be about the war itself. But I think they would show, like, maybe for instance, Caesar's group went into hiding, and then going into hiding, you know, branched out. Let's say, for instance, maybe even started doing emissaries. Well, that's that's the weird part, though. Actually, they can't because it's not like they just touch another ape and they suddenly can, you know, talk. It, they have to be exposed to that gas, and they're just. Isn't anymore that we're well, aware of. Well, I mean, no, you know, no, it's 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 a, it's a virus. So the, all the apes are actually carrying the virus. No, 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 no. The, the human, the, the virus that's killing the humans was from from human exposure to that. But the apes remember had to be exposed to that gas. The gas is the virus. That's what it was. I the, don't know. I never the got the virus. That. The virus was in the gas. The reason that the humans were exposed was because the first guy, when they were administering it to Cobra, right, right, his mask came off. That's and he, right. he inhaled but it. But see, so. I never got so the feeling a, that they were... It's an actual virus, so like they can actually transmit it to other apes. But see, they haven't established that because, again, if that was the case, then the apes should have started being intelligent just being, by being around Caesar. I mean, they, they made in the first well, movie... No, Caesar, they, Caesar was born with it because his mother... It was a, his mother had The first one was like a, a, like a vaccine, kind of right. like a, a, a serum. 
right that was injected to his mother and he was born right right and then uh james franco's character was using the same thing to try to treat his father but then the human immune system uh fought it right, right. so then he decided to design a virus instead to try to do the same thing that's why the second one was a virus see that's the, thing the first one was called 11 12 right and, and this was this it. was eleven thirteen. Right, that's, that's the one that. But see, that thing is, it's I don't know. They it, they haven't made that clear. And if that's the case, then now they're gonna have to reestablish that this is a virus that will just spread. But if that's also the case, and that would mean that. Don't you remember when uh, when they first encountered the monkeys in in the forest? Right, they were scared. They're like, uh, "Are we gonna be alright?" And then, she, then well, that's because they that, believe that the monkeys are carrying the virus. Don't forget, well, Carrie Russell. Are. No, no, Carrie Russell said they don't carry the virus. She she was very clear. She's from the CDC. Remember, it wasn't a monkey that carried the virus. It was a man that carried the virus. No, no, they said it was a man that created the virus. Oh, well, no, she was saying that it, that's how the infection... Remember, the, Brian, man created it, but he carried it onto the plane. He was infected and he took it, not the apes. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but you see so, what I'm saying? Sounds like we have to go to the movies together. See what happens when you go without us? No, no, but still, still, it's like it's... They are infected with the virus because that's how they got smart. But if that's the case, then there should be talking apes all over the world. And it's it's really hard to believe that no one has run across other talking apes then. Well, we only see that one. Right. But I mean, but still, there should have been reports of talking apes. I'm under the same understanding as you. The the, the original apes who start speaking were exposed to the gas. Right. And they can pass it on. Well, genetically. Genetically, from that point on, those kids have... If those apes have kids, right? That's then what they I'm would thinking, be able to speak. You know? That's the, that's how I was understanding. Right. But I mean, but otherwise, the, yeah. That's the, but the, the reason the I brought that up speak. is that I was thinking then because they they have to figure out a way to get more and more apes intelligent. I, I mean, they just have to figure that out. So like you know, maybe they will go with what Ralph is saying and just say yes, it's a virus that they're somehow spreading amongst themselves. Either that, or it's going to have to be maybe twenty years into the future so that this way there's just been a, a mass population spread. You know, Caesar's like everybody do it. <laughs> do it <laughs> I want you fucking day and night <laughs> they're gonna go to the the gas station and start playing music to you know serenade everyone and get them in the mood oh god <laughs> put quiet some Barry White on <laughs> quiet storm comes on in the, in the forest <laughs> they're gonna put some Barry White on uh, you know this that, one yeah. you remember this one from back then this is my darling <laughs> all right all right we'll okay, be back with more you, 22 no, pages baby. later after we figure out which one of us has the simian flu Hey guys, it's the Master of the Six Claws here. That's right, Ralph the Tech. Just letting you know, once you show us some love, check out our Facebook page at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, or hit us up on Twitter at Meanwhile 22. And you know, you can also check out our website. It's been up since the beginning of the show. I don't know why you're not there, at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. And I know I'm the Master of Six Claws, but you can give us Six Claws too. Just go onto iTunes and give us a review. And now let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back, guys. So um, now I'm going to allow you to do what people don't allow you to do anymore, dream. Oh, I thought it was masturbating public. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, Paul Rubens. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. That's why I just said Paul Rubens. Pee Wee Herman. I don't know his real name. <laughs> when he was arrested, everybody knew his name. <laughs> and that was the end of the TV show. But um, yeah, He was so- in a bit of a sticky situation. Oh, oh. You said the magic word, sticky situation. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to allow us to, to dream for a second. And imagine that you guys are, you guys had the opportunity and you were able to be the editor-in-chief of Marvel or DC? Excelsior. <laughs> and I drove it into the ground. 
<laughs> so I want you to ima- I want everybody in the panel to imagine if, if they were able to be in charge of Marvel or DC, I want you to tell the audience what are three changes you would instantly do to make your brand better. Hmm. So I guess I'll start off. Because you guys look like, hmm, I guess yeah. still thinking, yeah, hmm. All right, first off, I would definitely be in charge of Marvel. Okay. I, I, I had to go out, going out there, I'd be in charge of Marvel. And the first, the, the three things I would Im- immediately do is, number one, I would try to eliminate a lot of the redundancy that's happening in the comic books. And what I mean by that is... Say that again? I'm eliminating the redundancy. I just wanted you to say Stupid. <laughs> Basically, what I would do is I would reduce um, how many times a hero would show up how many how many multiple books certain heroes have like right. Wolverine has he's he's on four teams and Spider-Man's on like three teams and then he's 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 part of this book and part of that book but and also just like the X-Men and the, and the Avengers have like five six books mm-hmm. I would I would reduce that amount because I feel like they're diluting the product yeah I feel like they they basically you're, you're giving too much away and it doesn't make it interesting anymore I remember back in the day you used to get a Wolverine book and Wolverine was in two books maybe three and you were happy with that. And you were like, oh, wow, I get a Wolverine book. Right. Now it's like you could just fucking turn any book and Wolverine's there. Right. Wolverine is on the cover, on, on the rooftop, <laughs> letting, <laughs> listening to Peter Parker's the Problems. That's when that, that was when they jumped the shark for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That was in um, um, Wolverine 3. Sp- and that was in Spider-Man. Oh, it was in Spider-Man. It was in Spider-Man. Uh, and Wolverine's on the roof with Peter Parker. And Peter Parker's spilling his guts about his problems. And I'm like... Yeah, this is just well, bullshit. Well, the question is, though, was Wolverine listening or was he just kind of like cocked out drunk in the back? <laughs> like, like leaning against the pillar, like, whatever. But, but that's one thing I find. We, I mean, granted, we all know it's like a very superhero-y stance and stuff like that. But there's just some characters that you question, why are they on the rooftop? Like, you figure <laughs> unless you're swinging a lot or flying, that's the worst place for you to be. And Wolverine is often on rooftops. And I'm like... But you're in one of the gaudiest costumes that someone wasn't just like, <laughs> did you see a short Canadian just go by in a yellow costume? Yeah, but he comes by often. <laughs> you know. And everywhere. Yeah, and, and everywhere. And, and I remember. But no, but that's actually one of my points. I, just to, because I'm not going to, when, when we go to rehash, I had said the same thing. And it's actually the same ones. I'm like, they need to have less X-Men, Wolverine, Avengers titles and focus on other characters. Absolutely. But for DC, I just said less Batman and create new characters. Oh, wait. That, yeah, yeah, that was mine. <laughs> oh, I think that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's been you gotta so many pick different one ideas. company, one company. <laughs> well, he took mine. <laughs> no, there's only two. You can, there's going to be more than one of us talking about the same company. Yeah, I was going to do DC. I thought you were going to do Dark Horse. Oh, and I want to go before Ralph if he's going to do DC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey. All right, all right. Let me finish mine first. Save go the ahead. best for last. All right, so, so the first thing is to eliminate redundancy and kind of like now, um, eliminate the freaking mass using of all these characters i mean shit i mean don't get me wrong i have a number four but i'll mention that later number two um the big events that they have um throughout company-wide i want to instead of having them every year every seven months i want them to happen pretty much every year and a half or every two years and if you're gonna have them do not include all the books to have these side stories about this so if you're gonna have an original sin or, or whatever the name of the new series is now um, don't you don't have to have X Men, Avengers, Deadpool, and all these other um, comic books involved? I think you should just have it isolated to that book, and maybe the results of that book might happen in the comic books, but the story still moves on. Right. You know, you don't have to say, okay, well, this is an added story to, you know, our, our, our year long event because 
I, I don't I don't really want to know that much. I just want to read that book, find out that story, and that's it. Oh yeah. It's kind of like what and 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 just shifting sides. It reminds me of what DC did with um, um Forever Evil. Right. Like they, 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 their books had you know some of the books had to do with Forever Evil and some of the books didn't. And I'm like, well, how can you write Forever Evil but then you have a Superman book and Superman's still flying around? You'll be seeing it all again in September. Oh God. <laughs> uh, uh, don't get me wrong. don't get me started on that. And then finally. I changed my number three from what I had last night. Troy and I had discussed it last night. I made it that um, if you're going to kill heroes, leave some of them dead. And, 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 or if anything, let if you're going to have a major change like um, Falcon becoming Captain America, have that run a longer course. Have, you know, cer- certain things obviously need to end quick. But I feel like you need to run a longer course. Like when Human Torch was dead, let him be dead for five well, years or something. I'm glad you're not running Marvel. Because right now that would mean we would be stuck with Sam Wilson as Captain America for a long time, and I don't <laughs> want that. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, like I said, not all of them, but I think a lot of them. Like Bucky should, you know, Buck. Even though Winter Soldier, the the book is a great story, you know, he should, you know, he should have kept them dead. I feel like they should, they could have created something else. Yes, they should have kept. You them know, dead. They, there's certain heroes that should have stayed dead and should not have been resurrected. But the thing is with the Winter Soldier, and I think it's what a lot of people forget is that. I don't think anyone's that interested in that it's Bucky brought back. I mean, after the initial Bucky's brought back, it's not really Bucky anymore. They could have just made up an entire character right, of exactly. somebody that was cryogenically frozen and has been brought through history to right. kill all these people. Because the, once the thrill that it's Bucky is there, it's not Bucky anymore. I mean, that's it's now James Buchanan, who we never knew as James Buchanan. Is now the Winter Soldier. Right. You know, it, it's it was just a it was just a waste of time. And that's why I say with some of them, either run its course longer. Like when Captain America died, I'm like, okay, give it about a year or two. He's going to be back. And yeah, he was. It was exciting. They was coming up. Everybody knew it. I want some people to feel like some characters might actually die and stay dead. And that's one thing DC did very well. You mean like with Batman? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about like before Barry Allen. Flash. How long was Barry Allen dead? Uh, real good, time 10, 15 long, years? Well, no, no, real time about 10, 30 years. About real, about about real time 30 years. 30 yeah, years. yeah so, so, so you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, but when, for how many years did uh, Wally West kill the Flash? 30 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Leave Wally alone, man. Like Wally. A lot of people like Wally. I didn't want to bring well, Barry A lot of people like Wally. Why? Because he's the only Flash they ever knew. Well, I, mean, I knew yeah. both. I knew both. Right, but I'm just saying for most people. I like Wally better. I'm a Barry Allen person up until now. Well, until now. I like Barry. We yeah. gotta have this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I would do for um, that's what I would do for Marvel. The, only, the the fourth one that I said the fourth one is let's stop having crossovers between the Avengers and Phineas and Ferb. Really, <laughs> guys, this fun. is the, this is the fear that we had with Marvel and, and Disney dipping in the same fucking pudding. I didn't have this fear. Oh, you, I enjoyed the Phineas. I know crossover. you did. I watched it in your house. I <laughs> listen. Do not hate on Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb is good for what right. it is, and the Avengers are good for what they are. But you don't cross them. No hating on Phineas and Ferb. I'm going to hate all day, motherfucker. <laughs> so that's <laughs> but, what I'm picking out. But, but, but really, what, what harm did that do, considering that the Avengers cartoon and the Hulk cartoon and Spider-Man cartoon suck? <laughs> so going with Phineas and Ferb, it was just like, you may as well. <laughs> and it was good. It, uh, relax. Good's a really strong term. All right. So, so, that, so that's what I'm going with. Gentlemen, who would like to take the mic next and say what they would do if they were in charge of either Marvel or DC? I'll go because it's not really but so many places you can really take this. Um, and really, I, like I said, I've written one sentence for each, but I'll just combine it into the word either because <laughs> it applies to either. Uh, 
so you can take your choice from this one. Either less crappy costumes for minorities or less crappy minorities for costumes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> either house for that. <laughs> and, and Troy is pointing in agreement. That's a good one. That's um, a good one, Poppy. <laughs> um, definitely, you know, also adding on what you're saying, not just about the stop all the crossovers between books, but stop the universe changing storylines and stop the which is now in the last couple of years becoming popular, the 12 to 20 something issue single story arc. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, after you just read an Avengers title for 23 issues to get to the end of one story arc that wasn't interesting. Oh, yeah. And you knew it wasn't interesting by issue two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that's just really, really annoying and, and, and thankless as a, as a reader. Um, and then the other, I'll just, uh, since uh, you had mentioned about the um, multiple titles, I'll just say that. Uh, for me, and this is the big one for me, um, and, and I get flack from either side on this one, but uh, writers no longer control the characters. The companies take back the reins of character quality. Not saying to dictate any story per se. I'm just saying that what you envision to be Batman or what you envision to be Wolverine doesn't matter. It's my property, and the fans need to be honored. So if you can write me a good Wolverine story under these ideas of what Wolverine is, great. Otherwise, make up your own character. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, it's just nothing worse uh, than just reading that, like, you know, because, I mean, Wolverine's a great character. Wolverine, killer, mindless, berserker soldier. Wolverine, Zen master. And you're like, well, which one is he, for God's <laughs> sakes? I mean, is he, is he bipolar? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, it's, it's funny because I think, I think about um, how they kind of try to bend people in so many different ways. And, and when you talked about that last point, I hear you talking about Batman. The Batman creative oh, team, Batman, but any of them really. But yeah, Batman's another one. He's a he's a big one too. Scott Snyder and, and, and Capullo, you know the, their combination of the Batman series. I mean, not for nothing. I I like the way it's drawn, but the, the story arc has really gotten kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean they they went off with a bang, started off great. I mean they had a great run up until Zero Hour. It's zero just, year or Zero Year. I'm sorry, and that yeah. Zero Year, it just. I mean, and the worst part is that's like the crux of their Batman. You know, they're basically saying this explains the Batman we've written. And I'm like, no, you should have left that unsaid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Good job. Good job there, MFG. All right. Troy, what you got? All right. I picked DC. All right. And the first thing I would do is I would have an edict. Uh, dead is dead. Yep. And, and, and that encompasses a little bit more than just the characters staying dead. Uh, there should be if if you're gonna kill a character if you want your character to have some some sort of uh, uh, dramatic dramatic events in your book mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be the death of that character right seems to be like gotten a little lazy we want to kill mm-hmm. there are plenty of act to tell you the truth a lot of times the death of a supporting character is even more impactful right. on the character. And the, that, just those they that bring out. back, though. You know, I, the whole bringing them back thing. I, we'd have to. I just draw a line in the sand. Yeah. From this point forward, dead is dead. Yeah. So if you're gonna kill somebody, if you kill Hal Jordan, which would be the first one that I would think of, you could kill <laughs> and then have somebody replace him because there are ninety thousand Green Lanterns. There's like five on on Earth alone. Right. But you know, from that point forward, he is gone. And let him be gone, and make sure you thought about that really, really yeah. hard before you decide to get rid of the character. That yeah. would be the first one, which would open the door to like, well, if you wanted to have some sort of dramatic tension for the character, supporting characters would be 
what no, should should be killed more often right. than they are to tell you the truth yeah no i agree with that i mean like you said I mean, with the the main characters it's because you know they're going to be back. i mean when the human torch died I, you know, I mean, I knew he'd be back. He died off screen. That's or supposedly died when they were just like it was just a ripped costume. You're like, he's not even dead. It's not even like you showed me him dying. You just saw him overwhelmed well, by well, forces and a yeah. But I, I guess he and there. he didn't die. Well, he didn't die, and then they killed him over and over in that tor- in that universe. They tortured him. They killed like, they killed him over and over and brought him back to life. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just it's just which makes for more bad writing. So yeah. they put him yeah. through hell. But, but like what Troy said, I mean, it is it's a lazy writing. Whenever they get around to, oh, let's spice it up, let's kill the character, and it's like, well, it, it's like watching a TV show. You know, your main character is not going to die. <laughs> you know? And I, I, honestly, if char- if there if there are creative teams who want to tell the story of the death of a particular character in the DC universe, there are multiple universes. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Save that story for a multiple universe story. And you still get to tell your story. It's still a version of the character, mm-hmm. um, but you know, let's not let's let's not get into this thing where we kill him off, and then six months later he comes back, or we kill him, and then we put some ridiculous character in his place, or make up four right. different Superman to take over. So it's just ridiculous. Oh, the Superman. Okay. My second edict would be kind of. I, I'm taking it a step further from something you said. These these uh, major event stories that happen, I don't want them every year and a half. I only want them when they actually do something. Okay. I, I want, and yeah. so in other words, it doesn't have to be every year. Every couple of years, maybe we do a story. But from that story, one of the things that I want before we even put that story out to the public, at the end of this story, does it change the universe in some way? Are there some consequences from this story that carry on in the in the DC universe? going further right which which very often um is what comes out of is oh so this 48 issue story was all about a costume change thank you basically (laughs) that's like the worst part when you're like so they changed their costume and somebody left the team or like age of ultron where all that stuff happened and what was changed nothing all right yeah i'll give you a good example where dc did did something that was fairly identity crisis Okay. That changed relationships within the DC universe. Right. It, t- it changed how you viewed certain characters. Yeah. That was a story well worth telling. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, it did. I mean, you had, uh, they, you know, they did call off Tim Drake's father. Right. Who nobody knew was alive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they had the whole thing with Batman. You know, um, definitely. Yeah, the, the whole thing with Batman. And also, um, what was the other one, too? Uh, something else had to come out of that. I um, um, Adam's, Adam's wife was the well, killer. Yeah that was, yeah, that was crazy, but it wasn't Spoiler. That. <laughs> Spoiler. I like that. Adam's wife was the killer. Um, no, there was something else that came out of that book, and I just can't remember. Oh, uh, also the death of uh, Captain Boomerang. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. The original I'm, Captain Boomerang. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was, I'm not, oh, that, I'm not shitting into it. But then they had, just like you said, a crappy replacement, his son, who somehow had... Flight, super speed, and boomerang ability. Yeah, which never they never explained how he. Had well, they, super speed. yeah, they did. It somehow he had a metagene. It wasn't. Yeah, I think it was. I think that's what it was. But I forget there was something else of why he had the metagene. Like it wasn't like like the mom had slept with Flash or something. I forget what it was. There was some stupid answer, like how he ended up with like it was always bursts of speed. Right. So he couldn't like run. He could just like kind of zip from one spot to another. But then that would kind of do it for a while. You know. Yeah, it was just stupid. Yeah, I agree. All right, good. And since I'm doing with DC, and unfortunately they they it's, I'm the editor in chief. I reboot when we reboot, whatever we reboot from day one, and we don't have this five year history nonsense that they have. We boot from day one, 
First issue is the first adventure of Batman. The first right. adventure of Superman. And going forward, okay. you build upon that. If Dick Grayson is the, is starting out as his partner, we see Dick Grayson, 12-year-old Dick Grayson as Robin. The other Robins can be introduced going along. You kind of know where they are, but you know... It's, the public already knows that they exist. Right. So, yeah, they're not Robin now. You know, somewhere along the line, they will become Robin. That's fine. But we don't have to introduce all five of them now and have right. this five-year history that we never actually see. Yeah. And trying to fit them all. That's well, ridiculous. And yeah. you're, you're allowed to tell this history. You should tell your history. Right. If you're going to reboot, reboot from day one. Right. You know how much uh, allow that allows the, the creators at DC? Do you, you know how, how much... Uh, room they have to play with if they they have they don't even have to deal with a five years they're actually creating the history. Yeah. I think that would open up things for DC in a way that they've never really had. Well, they're const- where Marvel is kind of plays loosey goosey with their with their history. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC sort of it sort of hamstrings them a little bit. Well, well it's DC, rich, but well, it, DC has a rich history. But well, I'm sorry, DC had a rich history. Yeah. I think we had mentioned this once before. It's just that. Now you figure they're going in two and a half years, almost three years, actually more than two and a half years, almost three years now into their new 52. And I'll be generous. 95% of their history has not even come to paper yet. You know, I mean, and, and even a lot of the major people from their history have not come to paper yet. So you're just like, so basically not only are you, did you just ruin your world in general, but your titles that you have out, that's pretty much the entire history that you've given me now. Which means, well, you know, like in other words, like, like all the rich history behind the characters so that you knew that the Justice Society existed and you knew who the characters were, even if they weren't in it. You know, they're all gone because they haven't been reintroduced. You know, I mean, think of it, you know, just name a characters probably well, hasn't it's, been reintroduced it's, it's a whole different world. I mean, you're saying, oh, they got rid of that stuff. I, and I f- feel you because I, I love, love that old stuff. But if we're going to start from new, don't tell me I got a five year history that doesn't make sense. Oh, for, well, that, well, that for that, makes sense. for that, you just might as well start from day one and create everything going forward. It made more sense. I don't, un- I well, I do know why they did it, but it, it, it just doesn't work in a lot of ways for for old time readers like. But also and didn't mine. work like it would have. What would have worked for them with their five year um, gap in time would have been a mutual five year gap in time, meaning that. You know, if there's going to be a Superman title where he's just kind of getting into his powers, then there should be a Batman title where he's just becoming Batman. Right. There should be a Wonder Woman title where she's just wanting to get off right. the island. Right, and they didn't do really You know, but it was only Superman five years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, and everybody else just pops in five years later, and you're like, well, Superman, first of all, is not that interesting of a character. That's not just a biasness. It's just, he's just not that interesting written, you know. Um, so for you to try and make me interested in what he did five years prior to putting on the suit, it's not interesting. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I disagree that he's not interesting. There have been times where he has, depending on the writer. Uh, there have been, there have been. In, I thought Burns run Man of Steel. I thought he, when Burns yeah. wrote Superman, he was interesting. Um, he was that, more dealable only because of his power level, definitely. But Burns then just got weird. Oh, word, Burn. He got <laughs> weird. <laughs> he became uninspired. Yeah. Basically, he's mailing it in. Basically, he's been mailing it in for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right, it's Ralph's turn. All right, Ralph. Ralph the Tech, what are the three things? First of all, who, which one would you be the head of? DC. Okay. And what are your three things you would immediately make sure that are done when you were in charge? Well, first thing I would do would be to send out a message to everyone in the world, to all the writers who want to write stories for characters in DC, maybe even original characters, and get actual original stories. 
you know. So is it creating brand new people or just original stories? Original stories. Like I would, I would maybe keep a few of the writers still on hand, right? But have like different new stories because there are a lot of people with multiple. Like I've, I've read a few like fan written stories online, and some of them are pretty good, you know. So could, could you imagine like actually bringing those things to life in comic books? So you'd want to like tap in tap into the um to the market out there that yeah. the untapped market, so the untapped market that's a lot out there and that could get people out there, you know. Okay. And then maybe use some of those stories to you know give some variety to uh, the characters that they already have on hand. Hmm. You know, it, oh, no, it, it'd be cool, it. and then it, it wouldn't have to be in the continuity. So I wouldn't really worry about too much about continuity. Just just say, hey, here, write a story. You know, right? Use right. these characters. You can even I would even allow them to change the origin if they wanted to. You know, wow. As, as long as it's good, <laughs> you, you get like a PC. Like uh, I'm allowed to touch everything. Yeah, go everything. ahead. Touch everything. Touch everything. <laughs> get, get it up all up in there in the nook and cranny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just as long as it's a happy ending. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's the where's the bell for that one? There we go. Much better. All right. A good ending. So uh, okay. So allowing a lot more novices and fans to probably. You know, or writers to you know be included. Okay, and then for like the main story arcs, I would try to like fix it so that there is some form of continuity. You know, so that like it doesn't confuse you where you have now that you have a a Batman who uh, who apparently has a full grown Robin, but Batman is like what like ten years younger than uh, ten years older than Robin, so it doesn't really make too much sense because then he was Batman at what age? You know, uh-huh. right. So it's well, like that was the purpose of the new fifty two was to give continuity. Yeah, epic fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it would, you would fix it somehow to to make it seem a lot better, you know, and then and not worry too much about love interests between Superman and Wonder Woman. Actually, give you like a, a story. Oh, that's the Cap's only comic that he buys. Fuck out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you I, have I, others I, besides that one. And, and you US. ever and you haven't bought shitty comics before? Never. You know what? what? Not one. <laughs> it's because he's jealous that Superman's with Wonder Woman and not Captain America. Ah, that's it. <laughs> you mean he's jealous that Superman's not with Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, red, white, and blew him away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, nice little play on words. All right, all right. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you, you, you were talking about, um, you talked about major story arcs. All right, yeah, so, and then, like you were saying, you know, like, if you're going to create a major, like, a, a big event, you know, do it, uh, not so many, you know, along, make it an actual, like, an epic thing and have some sort of, like, impact in the story right and i have crimes in the certain crimes in the get come and then forever evil and then forever ends and then everything's just back to normal yeah you know yeah. well the crimes they just came in it was like they were like bad visitors yeah. they, just, they just wouldn't <laughs> leave but they didn't really do that much damage but they kind of inconvenienced you the entire time they were here you know last time i stayed over at your house mike <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I think Richard Grayson would beg to differ. Oh. <laughs> With his secret identity, Grayson. Yeah, now he has a, a new his own series. Like yeah, have you read that, by the way? I, I downloaded it. I haven't started reading it yet. I'm oh. waiting until like a few issues go in. You're waiting until you hear that it's good? Yeah. <laughs> I, I read it. It was good. Was it? Yeah, it was oh, good. Okay, okay. Oh, that's good to so, hear. So I'm going to start reading it. All right, there you go. So, and then the last thing that I would do, mm-hmm. I would create a whole series on tanks. Nah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Super tank, Wonder Tank, Bat Tank. <laughs> I, I would create uh, a 
more realistic apocalypse series and where they actually use the tanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's your third point, mofo? <laughs> uh, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, uh, Meanwhile, 22 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> probably just you just allow more creativity to, to you know, to grow you know, in, in, in the comic industry because there's, there's so much out there that is just not touched and just yeah. people... They don't want to do it because people aren't professional, so right. they don't want to go with that. Well, they've gotten a little bit too, which is weird considering one of my points. They've gotten really brand sensitive, yeah. But then they keep shitting on their own brand. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. They're they're so worried that like, oh, we've got to maintain the so and so of the brand so that you keep producing shit, basically. You know, like like um, what you call it? Uh, uh, Neil Adams was talking about how. Uh, in order for him to write for Batman, you know, it has to be DC approved if they they want to publish because that's their character or whatever. Does he slip them all acid when they read his script? <laughs> what the hell? What kind of approval was that? And then uh, who was it? I think it was was it Denny? Oh, Denny O'Neill. Yeah. What? What was the quote? What was the one that? Who was the guy that had a story for Batman? Was writing for Batman and then uh, they took it away from him because it was like some bad press or something. Was it Denny O'Neill? Might have been Denny O'Neill. I can't remember. Yeah, but some shit like that where, like, you know, you, this guy, he could have probably written some amazing stories because mm-hmm. he went to Marvel, right? Danny O'Neill? No, Jose. Uh, Feliciano? No. Who's the guy? Who's the artist in, in Marvel? That's like the head now. Oh, uh, um, Joe Casada. Joe Casada. There you go. He was actually writing a story for Batman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, it, it would have been epic if he hadn't gotten the, a chance wow. to write it. But then they took it away from him. Well, right. it may have done for Batman what it did for Spider-Man, so they were probably smart for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe's made some great moves at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Not within the I'm past sure. couple of years, but you know. Well, I'm sure the janitor has heard his great moves in the bathroom. But wow. <laughs> and there goes another person. We, there's another person we can't invite to the show. <laughs> Joe Casada, the, the the comments and thoughts of Mike the Finance Guy do not express those of Cap. And RT Square and Troy for that matter, yeah. but they do respect the thoughts of Doom. Oh, Black Doom <laughs> signing finally! <laughs> I like that MFG. <laughs> MSG? <laughs> that makes me sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, there you have it. If we were in charge, what were we going to do? And it sounds like. We should make our own comic book company, but but it sounds like also that we had a lot of agreement that we all hate the uh, the multi crossover ninety year titles. Yeah, well, it's annoying. It's become really annoying. I remember back when Secret Wars was a once in a lifetime event, or certain things were once every other year. Now it's like once every six months, and one just keeps to go right into the other, just to keep you going. So it's like yeah. it's pretty annoying. But I'm telling everybody, please don't go anywhere because guess what? Geeks on the go is next. What? Geeks on the go. All right, all right. So, you know the you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. But Mike's in a rush, so we got to make it under a minute. That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, are we ready? Ready. Yeah. All right. Ready. Let's go right for it. Ready, set, go. Fill in the blank. I love comics and geek stuff, but I could never get into blank. Ralph. The Walking Dead. Fuck you. <laughs> Mike. Hente. Hente. Oh, my God. <laughs> Troy. Doctor Who. Oh, nice. Nice. Love you, Troy. <laughs> All right. What is a current comic that you are yearning to be canceled? Mike. Most of them. Uh, but Savage Hawkman. Oh, wow. Troy. I don't even know who reads it. Uh, 
Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. The Walking Dead. <laughs> the book? Wow. Uh, Troy, you got one? Uh... X-Men, the all-woman action. Oh, I agree with that Cap's one. Cap's favorite. Cap, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what is a comic series that you wish they would bring back, Ralph? Lock and Key. Lock and Key, okay. Mike? The Batgirl with Stephanie Brown. That was such a good story. All right. And Troy? Heroes for Hire. Oh, wow. wow. Heroes for Hire, okay. Oh, and we're out of time, but we're going to finish it up. All right, so... What is one word to describe comic book graphic novels that are out of continuity? Ralph. Irrelevant. Troy. Awesome. <laughs> Mike. Heaven. All right. So, 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 you would put, so you like this new thing that Marvel's doing where they're doing um, out of continuity um, graphic novels? Well, a lot of graphic novels were out of continuity oh, before. But, but anyhow, I love but them. Oh. Yeah, it's just, they're fine. But Marvel's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess they are out of continuity because they well, are. Well, the, the new ones stories. they're putting out. Remember yeah. the one with him in um, um, Kingpin, and right. he has a sister. He has a sister, yeah. yeah like Peter family Peter. business, I'm fine with it because again, it's kind of what Ralph was saying. It allows you to be creative, and it doesn't damage anything. That's exactly why I like them. Yeah, you know, and if you don't want to read it, don't read it, and it's not going to ruin anything. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I I used to like it because I remember as a kid get picking up those graphic novels and being like, wow, you know, I never knew this, and they're like, oh, that's not part of continuity. They're like, oh, wow, but it was still a pretty good story, right? Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully Marvel will keep it going, and hopefully maybe DC will learn something from that. Yeah. Who really cares about continuity anyway? Well, they have stuff that's, I mean, you know, Kingdom Come was out of continuity. Right. And then they dragged it into continuity, Oops. kicking and screaming, because then it went from like, <laughs> oh, wow, this could be a possible future to, no, it's actually Earth number, and I think it's like 26 or something like that. Oh, wow. God. So, like, means it did happen. It's just so that now this future could never, ever happen to the DC universe. Right. Yeah. Quick question before before we go, go off the air. Does anybody know? Because when they talk about Marvel, um, the the um, the original universe, that's six two six, right? Uh, six one six. Six one six. What does that stand for? What does six one six stand for? Yes. I don't know. Isn't that like the animation studio room or whatever something in their school? I don't know. What is it? No, I, I don't know. I was asking. <laughs> what the hell kind of an ending question was that? <laughs> it's a. Qu- I didn't say I had the answer to it. I'm saying. <laughs> And I'm also saying we are out of time. So for <laughs> MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, <laughs> R2 Square, Ralph the Tech, also known as Out Ralph the Forgiver, and, <laughs> and our guest star, Troy, this is um, the Cap saying, keep it geeky. And um, Noel, happy birthday. Hope you have a good one. I'll forgive you for that, Cap. Peace out. <laughs>